Well, we're going to talk about faith again, and faith is an enabler. Stop and think about that. It, it really is an enabler. So, God's Word has a demand on them. You think about that. Uh, God's words that he has spoken right here has an assignment on them. And when we speak his words, then they should have that assignment carried out in our life. And that's where our faith comes in. We've got to believe that. We've got to receive that. And faith will enable you to do whatever you couldn't do. And I love that. It will enable you to do things you can't do. Lois, you looked up and I looked at you and I thought, that's, what, that's what's enabling you, is the faith that you have in his word that by the stripes of Jesus you've been healed and that he would give you strength and energy and that enables you to act that out. See, so much of the time people, you can kind of judge yourself whether you're in faith or not as to whether you're acting it out whether you're doing it, because we know that faith does um, demand actions. But God's words has a demand on them. I looked up the word demand. It means a requirement or a claim. A requirement or a claim. And God's, God watches over his words to perform him, and he is required to do that because he said he would. And so I never, not, I never doubt the fact that God is watching over his word to perform it. And you need to stop and think about that. You see, if, you, if you're not watchful, you will doubt that he's performing it. There's a lot to that straight statement that he's performing. Because whatever it is that you've been confessing, even today as you came today, see, you've got to believe and you've got to accept the fact that God's working on that. He's performing that word. And that, that just causes faith just to rise, to know that he's, he's not left you. He is performing what he said he would do. And so that encourages me. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 55. We're going to be going over a lot of scriptures today. We're going to start with verse 7. Let the wicked... Now pay attention to who he's talking to here. Because it's real important. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, unto the Lord's ways. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Then he goes on to, he's talking to the wicked here. He's not talking to you. You're born again. But he's telling us we need to recognize this. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, wicked man, unsaved person. Neither are your ways, wicked man, my ways saith the Lord, or the non-believer is who he's talking to. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
What's he saying? My ways and my thoughts are more powerful than your thoughts and the way you think as a, as a man. And especially as an unbeliever. He's trying to tell you here, you know, forsake those. Forsake those old thoughts that are coming against you that are doubt, fear, unbelief, pity parties, loneliness. Forsake those thoughts. My words and my thoughts are more powerful than what you're experiencing today. Praise God. So he says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud. And when I, I looked up in one of our commentaries, it was talking about they come forth in bud. That word bud meant to increase. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of whose mouth? My mouth. His word going forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto him, God, void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And so we see that words have a destination also. They have a, an assignment, and they have a destination. And we're sending God's words that he has said, By the stripes of Jesus you were healed. My peace I give unto you. Uh, I wish above all things that thou might prosper and be in, in health, even as your soul prospers. That's Third John. But those were his words, and he said that they will accomplish that where, where we send it. Now we've got that's that has to do with faith. I'm going to go back and read that again. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me without accomplishing the assignment that's on it. That's pretty strong, isn't it? It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And that word shall is one of the strongest words you can use. Not maybe. But it shall. That's very positive. It shall accomplish. So what are you going to do? You're going to give thanks. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, that I'm speaking your words out of my mouth. And so therefore they are accomplishing the intention that was on those words that you gave me. God's at work. Praise God. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. <clears throat> Excuse me. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. <clears throat> instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign. And that shall not be cut off. Praise God. Because of the word. So, when we speak God's word... It, it puts me in control over a situation and a circumstance. When I speak his words, it puts us in control. Now, then, the Message Bible in verse 8 says this. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. Now, who's he speaking to? The wicked. And then in verse 9, as the sky soars high above the earth, 
so the way I work surpasses the way you work, and the way I think is beyond the way you think. Totally different. You know, he tells us to say we are healed when there's pain in your body. When there's sickness, when, when you're needing finances. He says, don't say that. Because I think different. What is he thinking? That you're blessed coming in and blessed going out. That you've been healed by the stripes of Jesus. That he took that to the cross. That's how he thinks. He doesn't think what he sees uh, in the natural realm. He thinks according to what he's already spoken. And you know what? <clears throat> the fight of faith is not easy. Because we do have feelings. And we do have negative thoughts. And the only access Satan has to you and I basically is through our mind and our emotions. And so we have to be able to cast those things down when they come and think like God thinks. And that's not, I'm telling you, it's not always easy. Because we do have feelings and we do hurt. And we do need money sometimes. So we have to adjust our thinking to think his ways. And he goes on in verse 10 and he says, Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back, that, that ministered to me, they don't go back until they have watered the earth. Doing their work of making things grow and blossom and producing seed for the farmers and food for the hungry. They're doing their job. Amen. So will, he says, so will, in verse 11, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. Isn't that good? Man, that, that should create faith on the inside of us. The words, when we speak them, if they're God's words, they don't go back to him. Where are they? They're on that issue. They're on that problem. They're on your body. They're in your body. He doesn't take his words back once we speak them. He says they don't return to him empty-handed. That's powerful. You know, that speaks of trust to me. We've got to trust God's word. That it will do what it says it will do. That it will do what, is it, what its assignment is. And I love that word. That the words that he speaks has an assignment on them. Well, my words that I speak should have an assignment on them. Amen? Just as his does. So, so he said they would not come back empty-handed. They will do the work I sent them to do. And this is out of the Message Bible. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. And you see, sometimes we give up. Before the word has an opportunity to complete itself. And there's so many things that enter in to us receiving the full manifestation of whatever it is we're believing for. There are things that come against that. But we need to keep them there until they complete their assignment. I'm going to continue to say that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm not taking those words back. I'm not taking them back. Because I'm, I, they're going to complete their assignment. They have an assignment on my body. His words have an assignment on your life. 
He has plans for you. He knows his thoughts in Jeremiah. He knows his thoughts that he thinks about you. Praise God. And you know, I was sitting there as we were singing, excuse me, and I just, I asked the Lord, you know, I ask him questions. Okay, thank you. I will pause and say this, that they have put me on a steroid inhaler, which is, I'm saying is taking, I'm taking authority over the rest voice from those steroids. Now, where was I? <laughs> but praise God that his words have an assignment. I'm not giving up on his words. If I was to leave this earth tomorrow, it would not be because I gave up on his words. Because he, that they're true. They are the truth. And you know, there is such a thing as, as uh, being stubborn. <laughs> and I think I've said that to Karen a few times, haven't I? Not rebellious, but stubborn with some things. But God's word is so true. But it, I know what I was saying. I was asking the Lord as we were sitting there during praise and worship. I said, God, Father God, what do you see? When you look out here at all these ladies, he said, I see my girls. That was just as plain as it could be. I see my girls. You are God's girls. Isn't that just the neatest thing? And I thought that was such a beautiful, sweet uh, wording. He didn't say, well, I see them all healed. I see them all blessed. We know that. But he said, I see my girls. So that, to me, that is such an intimate wording that he gave me. And I thought, ooh, that, that's so good, God. You know, you need to just talk to God. Amen? Okay, <clears throat> so his words are going to stay in my body. They're going to stay in your body. They're going to stay on your finances if you're, seeing what, if you're doing what God says until they have done their assignment. Now, what are you going to do with that? You're going to start praising God. Father, I thank you. Those words are completing their assignment. I thank you, finances. You said I'm blessed going in and blessed going out. You said you'd bless everything I said in my hands to do. Well, praise God. I'm not taking those words back. Because those are not going to return unto you, Father God, empty-handed. So whatever your situation in life is, if you're not pleased with it, See what he says. And don't take your words back, girls. It doesn't matter what you see in the natural or what you feel in the natural. Only thing that matters is what God sees and what he says. But I know, I know we live in this earth, but we're not of this earth. And so we live by higher rules. But sometimes we get so overcome with the processes that are in the earth, that we forget some of those things. That I don't live by the way the earth lives. I don't live the way the unbelievers do. I don't live by the way some believers live. You know? They think, some believers think God does all this stuff to you. I mean, if they start saying that on any of the Christian broadcast, I will not listen to it. I said, that is not going in my ears. And click, they are gone. 
Because I don't want to hear that. It's not the truth. The truth, ye shall know the truth, and the truth that you know shall make you free. Now, you need to stop and think about that. The truth that I know will make me free. Free from what? Whatever. That doesn't line up with the Word of God. But you got to know it. Your knower has got to know it. And you know, I have found <clears throat> in my own life that uh, I know I'm in faith. But don't doubt your faith. Because you don't see the results immediately doesn't mean that you are not in faith. But whatever comes out of your mouth will reveal to yourself where you are. I know when Tom bruised both sides of his brain and he was having all those uh, yeah, those seizures. One of them lasted up over 35 minutes. And we were at Grist Ferry Lake. Well, the doctor told him, doctor here, told him he had a brain tumor. And you know what? The word was so strong in me and my kids. We looked at him and we didn't laugh. But it, his words never entered our mind. Now see, you protect your mind. And his words never entered this part of us. And we left. And we, we laughed and we said, that's not true. Well, he had raised up underneath the shoot gaze, those steel bars, and bruised both sides of his brain. And he couldn't walk. And he started having uh, seizures. So we took him to Little Rock, and that doctor said, have you hit your head lately? He said, yes. And he said, well, you've bruised both sides of your brain. Well, he said, the brain never heals itself. But it did. Why? Why? Because when he was having that major, uh, when, in, when we were at Grisary, what was in me came out of me. I jumped in the big metal of his belly as he was having that seizure, eyes roll back and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you'll live and not die. And that came out of me. And it was 30 minutes before the, the um, ambulance got there. And he was still in it. They said, is he on drugs? You know, well, that, all of that was probably symptoms. I said, no, he's not. But when we got him to Little Rock, they knew exactly what was wrong. So therefore, we knew what to speak. Sometimes, the, you know, going to the doctor is not bad. <clears throat> but he will tell you what you need to be speaking over. And that's very important. You know, sometimes we can't just ignore it. But we need to release our faith and we need to say what God has already said. That is so important. Go to the doctor if you need to and find out what the issue is. And just praise God. Father, I know what to speak to now. Because God's words will not return unto him void. They have an assignment on them. So my words, when I speak his words, have an assignment on them. And that's going to be health. It's going to be money. It's going to be peace. It's going to be friendship, whatever it is that you're speaking over. That's what it's going to be. And, you know, as, as I stand up here teaching y'all, I'm looking at your faces. And they're, they're in agreement 
But you know, you've got to do this on your own, and you've got to do it besides when we're in ladies' Bible study. I, ha- I absolutely have to have my eyes and my ears on the Word of God every day. I start my day off that day, that way, and it's that way often on all day. It's that way when I go to bed. You've got to be full of the Word of God. So it, it takes an effort to do that. But what's in you will come out of you every time. If there's an emergency, you'll, it'll just automatically come. And I love that because it's in you in abundance, praise God. Okay, so in verse 12, back to this message Bible. So you'll go out with joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. Praise God. The mountains and the hills will, li- will lead the parade, bursting with song. Are you getting an image of this? What's happening? Your vision's changing. Joy is coming. Okay. He says, the trees, all the trees of the forest will join the procession. Exuberant with applause. No more thistles but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. They are monuments to me, to me, God. Living and lasting evidence of God. What happens when we start speaking his word? The burden lifts. The burden lifts. And all of a sudden, everything looks beautiful. And that's what praise and worship does. We get lost in his presence. And you think, why was I so concerned about all of that? Why was I giving in to that? But it lifts. And everything looks so beautiful. You know, I sit in my house and I look out. I sit in my recliner and look out the windows at the horses and the cows. And the, you know, the kids across the street playing. And it's beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. But if I, if I look at the issues, like maybe if it's a body situation or if it's a financial situation or something like that, those things don't look so beautiful because it's where my mind is. And so the Word will take your mind on a different journey. And, and we need to do that. Let the Word take us where it needs to take us. Well, in other words, when he talks about all of this in that verse, it says, one, one commentary said, your image will change. Images are important. So one commentary said about the word, and it shall prosper. It, it proves that God has a design in giving his word to people. And I love this. He has a distinct intention in his word as he has in sending down the rain and the snow to the earth. His intention was for it to accomplish something just like when he sent the rain and the snow. It had a, a, an intention. He sent that for a reason. And it tells us in that particular scripture. Well, he sent his word to you and I with intention and with a purpose. And so we don't need to take it lightly. Amen. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 40 verse 28. I love it because you're his girls. Isaiah 40, verse 28. 
very familiar passage of scripture to most of us. <clears throat> okay. I'm wondering if I need to start earlier. Hast thou not known? Now then, he's asking you a question. He's asking me a question. And we need to be able to answer these questions to ourselves. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God and the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not, neither is he weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Have you not heard that? Yes, I've heard that. Do you believe it? He says, he giveth power to the faint. In other words, you're, you're ready to give up. He says, he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth their strength. If you're having a strength problem, find this scripture. Start saying it. He, he has increased my strength. Not he's going to. He's done it. See, that takes it out of the realm of it going to be to you having received it. And you say, well, I, I can't feel that. I, they don't, I don't act like that. Well, that's your fault. That's my fault. Pretty plain spoken sometimes. But he says he increaseth strength. Well, I receive that. You know, when you read this word, you receive it. Your acceptance of it is very important in what you say. And see, this has nothing to do with age. Let's see, let's see who might be. Well, I guess I'd be the elder. Well, who else are sitting back there? Okay. <laughs> he says, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail or fall. Age has nothing to do with it. He didn't say all of these bad things would happen when you get old. And if we don't watch, and you don't watch, as we age... We will say things from our mouth. Well, I didn't know getting older would be like this. You know, I guess this is just what happens when you get older. I had somebody say that to me this week. Well, you know, getting old is not fun. Well, I'm still having fun. <laughs> and, and she said, this is just what happens when you get older. That's, that's not an agreement with what the Word says. But if we don't watch it, we will accept it. If this is what happens when you get older. There's just so many scriptures that comes to my mind and we can't go there. He says, but they that wait or they trust and expect and wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They'll change strengths. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. <clears throat> they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And I love that word renew. You know what it means? Some of you do. It means to flourish again. Shall renew your strength. Lynn, we're going to flourish again. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, this body's flourishing. With Brenda's help, it, it helps. You know, if you ever need to know about nutrition, talk to her. But my, you know, I receive that. When I say the word renew, my strength is renewed. I say it's flourishing. I'm flourishing. You may not see it, but I do. Where do I see it? In my spirit. And I tell my mind. And guess what? It's happening. 
It's happening. God is not a man that he should lie. I trust his word. And his word, that word flourish, has painted an image in my mind. Images are important. So you replace an old image with a new image. And girls, even as young as y'all are, some of you, it wouldn't hurt you to get a hold of this. Because it doesn't say you just flourish when you get old. You can flourish and be renewed at any age if you will agree with the Word of God. Isn't that true? You're flourishing. Your body's... While you're sitting there with your leg propped up, having had surgery on it, your body is still flourishing. Now that's how strong we've got to believe. We've got to be that stubborn. It says the violent take it by force. We have to force ourselves. I force my body to do things that it doesn't want to do. And you're forcing your... It probably wasn't easy for you to get around and get to ladies' Bible study, but you forced yourself to do that because the word was more important. So you're flourishing. You ladies, if you will accept this scripture right here, as you sit where you are, now I want you to get a hold of this. I want you to receive it. Your body's flourishing. Isn't that the neatest thing? God is so good to give us such words. Praise God. Well, let me see where I am here now. Okay. I read, did I read the uh, Message Bible on that? Okay. We started in verse 28. Okay. The Message Bible says, Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening well, we need to answer these two questions. God doesn't come and go, he said. He is creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. He knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired and gives fresh strength to, to whoever drops out. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folks in their prime fall and, and stumble. Age has nothing to do with it. What's up here? What's up here? But those who wait upon the Lord, who serve Him, and all, that's one of the terms, God gets fresh. He gives fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. Jameson Fawcett and Brown Commentary said, He is never weary with having, look at this, He is never weary with having the countless wants of His people that are ever before Him and to attend to them. Sometimes we get so busy, we get bogged down. But God doesn't. It says that he's ever ready. He never gets weary in doing whatever it is that you have need of. Whose image are you in? It's another thing that has to do with the mind. You'll get weary if you talk weariness. Amen? And so, I'm telling you, words are so powerful, girls. 
We have what we say if we believe it in our heart and say it with our mouth. And if I go around saying, so I'm so tired today, I'm so weary, I'm so tired of doing this, I'm so tired of... Guess what? I have that manifest in my life. So we have got to watch those words. You know why you, you get weary? Because you believe it. But that's not what God's Word says. We're going to have to get stubborn with our faith. That's not what God's Word says. We're built in His image and He never gets weary. He doesn't think those weary thoughts. But if we think those weary thoughts, and I'm sure with that big old heavy thing you've got on your leg, that you have an opportunity to get weary and to get tired. But your body's flourishing. Isn't that neat? Praise God. Okay, let's go to uh, 2 Kings. I thought I had that marked. Back over here. Get that $20 bill out of there. Give me just a minute to find Mr. Kings. And we're going to verse 2, I mean chapter 2. There it is. And we're going to look at verses 19 through 22. <clears throat> and the men, I love this. And we're going to see how. We're going to look at this as a normal, regular man, just like we are regular people. And we're going to look at just uh, how just his speaking God's words, how it changed situations, Okay. So, and the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord saith. Now, that's important. He said, Lord, you see this situation um, as being pleasant. But, they said, that's how you see it. But the water is not, and the ground is barren. And he said, uh, Elisha said, bring me a new cruise, that means a bowl, and put salt in it. And they brought it to him. And he went forth under the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, now you've got to pay attention to words. What did he say? Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be a there shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. <clears throat> so the waters were healed unto this day. Think about that. According to the saying or the words that Elisha had spoken. Now then, I, I love this. In the Amplified, it says, And the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, inhabiting of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees it, but the water is bad. And the locality causes miscarriage and bareness to all the animals. And so what, hap what was happening since the water was bad, their cattle could not reproduce. The land, it affected the land. And the cattle that would have babies miscar were miscarrying. And there was no production. There was no increase going on. And so he said, this is Elisha, he said, he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt, which he's in the Amplified, it says it was the symbol of God's purifying power. The salt was. 
and he said, put salt in it. And they brought it to them, <clears throat> to him. And then in verse 21, it says, Then Elisha went to the spring of the waters and cast in the salt, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, I, not the medicine, I inserted that. He said, I, not the salt, have healed these waters. Nothing wrong with medicine. It helps us. But he says, I'm the healer, not the medicine. So we don't put our, all our trust in the medicine or whatever the doctor gives you, but we put our trust in the healer and use the medicine. But he said, I'm the one that brought the healing. Are you getting that? I thought that was pretty powerful. He said, I, not the salt, have healed these waters. <clears throat> there shall not be any more death, miscarriages, or barrenness and bereavement because of it. Because of the salt. I mean, because of the water. It will not, it's pure, he purified it with his words. That's pretty neat. So the waters were healed to this day, as Elisha said. They are still healthy and pure. His word, he doesn't take it back. It does not return unto him void. It does not return without the uh, whatever it's assigned to do. And his words that he spoke over that water, guess what happened? The cattle began to produce because of his words. The land was no longer barren, praise God. And it was all because Elisha said. Now then, I had to ask myself a question. What have I been saying? What have I been saying? Have I been saying, thus saith the Lord, thou art healed? Have I been saying, thou art, has the Lord said, you're not lonely? What have I been saying? Do I say, he blesses everything I set my hands to do. Does he say that great is my peace? Does he say that? Yes. So we need to check ourselves and say, what have I been saying? Amen. So Exodus chapter 23, you don't have to turn there, but it says in verses 24 and 25, it says this to the Israelites. You shall not bow down to their gods. Because they were bowing down to the, the gods that were before them instead of to God. So he says, Thou shalt, you shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works. But thou shalt utterly overthrow them. Those gods. He said, you need to overthrow them. You can do it. Break down their images. And then after that, he said, You shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread. He shall bless your water. That's in verse 25 of Exodus 23. And after you destroy all these other images, he said, He shall bless your bread and water, and he would, that he would take sickness away from the midst of you. But we've got, to, we've got to destroy the images 
and other gods that we may have. And you know, we're not talking about some idol that we've erected. A lot of times it's the way we're living and what we're saying and how we're conducting our lifestyle. We've got to destroy, break down those images. And he said he would bless your bread and your water and he would take sickness out of the midst of you. Well, that's a pretty strong scripture for us to say. And I love what the Clark commentary said about verse 25. When it says, he shall bless thy bread and water, that is, listen to this. He said that he would bless your bread. That means your food and your water. That is all thy provisions, no matter what sort. The most ordinary fare shall be sufficiently nutritious when God's blessing is in it. That's pretty good. And why do we bless our food? When, when God's blessing's on it, you're not going to get sick from it. You want me to read that again? That's the Clark commentary. He says that all thy provisions, no matter what, it, what sort it is, the most ordinary fare shall be sufficiently, sufficiently nutritious. I thought those two words together was pretty interesting. But what you eat today when you bless your food shall be sufficiently nutritious. How are you looking at it? When God's blessing is in it. What his blessing is. So that, that takes you, you know, things like this, girls, you have to take these things and meditate them. Okay, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me? See, to apply it to our life. Father, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. What are you telling me in this? What is it I need to know? Don't just read it and read through it. Okay, let's go now to Isaiah 54. Tell you if you can give me a sign when I get close. Isaiah 54, verse 13. These, these scriptures have been very important in my life, and I know they are to those of you too that, that are familiar with it. Let's start with verse 13. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. you got to teach them. If they're taught of the Lord, you can expect your children to have peace all their life. Why? Because you've taught them the word. You've taught them how to call on that word, to depend on that word. He says, in righteousness, in right standing with God, that's what that word means, shall thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression. This is when the word, you are established in the word. Okay, this is some of the benefits of the word. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Wow. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. 
God says, these things do not come by me. I do not send them. Therefore, you have authority over them. If terror, there's a lot of terrified people today. There's a lot of people that are oppressed. Oppression, I think, is very big in our world system today. And, and fear, my goodness, so many people are in fear of what tomorrow is going to bring. But he said, there, I didn't send those. He says, I didn't send them. Do something about it. It's up to you whether you receive all that or not. But he says, they're not from me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. You're going to speak against those things. You're going to take authority over those things. And he says, look, behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. He's talking about Lucifer there, the devil. He says, I created him. He's the one that bloweth the coals in the fire. In other words, he's just always stirring up something. And that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster. That, dis- that means that does destroy. But then he gives us some hope right here. Now faith should arise when you read this one. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that the enemy brings against you is going to be successful. And you need to tell whatever it is that's coming against you, you're not going to be successful. You are not successful. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, just condemn it. People saying things about you and to you and, and they're judging you, you know, and, and saying those things, just forget it. Don't let it enter into you. He says, yeah, you shall condemn it. He says, this is the heritage. This is part of your inheritance uh, as being a child of God. This is your inheritance of, of being a servant of the Lord. And he says, in their righteousness, our right standing is of me, saith the Lord. And you know when it says, no weapon is formed against thee, what are you going to do? You need to speak to that weapon that is being used against you. Regardless of what it is. I, I would say most of the ladies in here, there is something different in each one of our lives. The weapon that Satan has chosen to try to get the word out of us. To try to put a stop to us. And so we are supposed to speak to that weapon that he's using against us. If it's loneliness, speak to that weapon. You see, Satan wants to get you into a pity party. Maybe you're not as blessed as somebody else is. You know, you, you can't look at that. You are where you are today. I am where I am today. And none of us got there without it being us. <laughs> that, that either uh, we didn't prevent it, or we accepted it, or we permitted it. Whatever it is. But please don't permit sickness and disease and poverty in your life because God has provided a way out for all of that and and uh, you just need to learn what those things are and how to speak to them okay we have to enforce all of this in our lives just because he said it it doesn't just because he said it these things about the terror and the fear and all of that about 
they'll not come near you. Just because he says it doesn't mean that we roll over and do nothing. We have to speak to those things. And the Barnes commentary says, no matter in what form of terror he approaches you, you are to fight the fight of faith. It's a fight. Faith is a fight. It's, it's not that easy. Just by saying it is not enough. You have to fight the fight of faith. and I mean, you've got to jump on it and say it and say it and say it until revelation knowledge comes to you. But faith, you know, I say this every time, but it just deals with things, the realm of the unseen. And I'm telling you, we see and feel so much that it's a fight to stay in the realm of the unseen because of what we, our soulish man sees. So it's a battle to stay in faith. But we win. Amen. Okay, this is a quote. <clears throat> faith is an enabler. I think that's what I titled today's lesson. Faith is an en enabler. It enables you to disassemble. I love this quote. It enables you to disassemble and put down anything the enemy brings against you. It enables you to disassemble anything that the enemy brings against you. God's word enables me to see what he sees. It's an enabler. Faith is an enabler. The word is an enabler. You can do this. Amen. Another thing that faith does <clears throat> is it sees beyond the problem. And it also speaks the image that the word paints. Faith is so, such a part of our everyday life. So I need to take inventory of what I'm seeing. Now I have this $20 bill here. Hmm. In my hand. And I can look. It, it can look so big. When it goes to church. And when you put it in the offering plate. Boy I did so good. I put this $20 bill in the offering plate. Doesn't it? I mean that big. I gave $20 today myself. And it can look so big. What does it look like when you go to the grocery store? <laughs> what does it look like when you go to the grocery store? There you go darling. Take those babies out to eat. Not that it'll go that far. It'll do something. Amen. But that's so important. So when it goes to the grocery store, suddenly it looks so small. It's the same amount. But it's how you look at it. What image does that paint to you? And so is everything else. It's how we look at it. Are, are we seeing things through the eye of faith? A lot of people are so negative in their thinking that they complain because roses have thorns. I think I've probably done that before. I wish these roses didn't have thorns. Instead, what should I say? I should just see the beauty of the rose and be thankful that there is a rose on that thorn. It's how you look at it. It's beautiful. 
And those thorns are important, praise God. Okay, so we don't need to complain about our life, but we need to start saying what the Word says and do something about it. Stop complaining about something that we permit. Pause and think on that. I see y'all's little wheels turning. What have you permitted in your life? Well, you might want to write that down and think about it. You know, your life may not look like a life that's more abundant. But you know what? I'm going after it. I'm going after what Jesus said in the book of John. John 10, 10, he said, he came to give me life. And he came to give me a more abundant life. That's what I'm going after. So you need to say that. I thank you, Father, that today, today for my more abundant life, not just life itself, I'm thankful for that, but I want that abundant life that Jesus said I could have. Now let's look at, <clears throat> well, you don't have to turn if you don't want to, but Psalms 138 and 8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. I mean, I say that continually. That's one of my confessions. He will perfect, he will bring to completion. That's what that means. That which concerns me. If I continue, don't change my confession. <clears throat> if I continue to say what the word says. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now the message Bible says, He finish what you start, you finish what you started in me, God. Don't quit on me now. Praise God. If you don't quit and give up, He all He's always there forgiving and encouraging you. Come on. You can do this. You can do this. God will not abandon you. Was part of what the message said. So your soul, this up here, sitting on your shoulders, is waiting to be influenced by this word. The word's an influencer also. So this is waiting to be influenced. And so it's up to me to give it that word. <clears throat> And, you know, the Bible talks about the Bible being a mirror to my soul. It shows me if I have a bad attitude. If I have been in unforgiveness, it'll show me that. Or if I have an anger problem, it'll show me that. If I'm doubting, it'll show me It will show us where we are missing it concerning our prosperity, concerning our health, concerning our peace concerning whatever that is a concern to you, this will show you what it is and where it is. If I will put God's words in my mouth, I will be set free from all of those things. You will be set, set free from all of those. If you have an anger problem, if you have a jealousy problem, if you have a gossip problem, if you'll put God's words in your mouth, you'll be set free from all of those things. Isn't that neat? So... I was thinking, and I'm getting ready to close here, girls. I was thinking about the three Hebrew children when they were cast into the fire. They were bound with ropes. And that furnace was heated, was it seven times hotter? But the king made a big mistake. They were bound with ropes, and we know that they didn't even have a smell of smoke on them. 
And they came out of that place. But how did they do that? The king made a big mistake. He failed to take them out. That's where your power is. He failed to take their mouth. The freedom that they needed and their escape from the fiery furnace was in their mouth. And that's where your escape is. That's where your freedom is. It's in your mouth. You know, I wish I'd have had time to find an old book that I have of John Osteen's. It is a tremendous little book, and I know June's got it or has had it because she goes back to our early days. And it's called There's a Miracle in Your Mouth by John Osteen. It's well worth getting that book. There is a miracle in your mouth. And he lived that, and Dodie lived that, and their daughter is alive today and able to walk and speak because she couldn't even crawl. His baby couldn't. But because there was a miracle in his mouth, that all changed. So you might want to order that little book. It's just a little book. There's a miracle in your mouth with John Osteen. But there's a miracle in my mouth. Just waiting. Just waiting to be manifest. And you know what? We're going to have it. What do you need? What you have need of is in your mouth, God's word coming out of your mouth. And patience. You have to have patience and you have to give it time to work. Because unless it's the gifts of the Spirit, that's the only thing that comes instantly is the gifts of the Spirit. And if it's not the gifts of the Spirit, you will be healed. It will be a process. But we can have it. Amen.